from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far, far gone. The day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the man who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not for disputes over opinions. One believes he made anything, while the weak man eats only vegetables. Let he not him who eats despise him who abstains, and let not him who abstains cast judgment on him who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for God is able to make him stand. Peace be to you, the reader. And with thy spirit. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And your child will be called the prophet of the Most High. Alleluia. be attentive. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word, it, became, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. 
But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he shall drink no wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and able to speak until the day that these things come to pass, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were awaiting for Zacharias, and they wondered at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he made signs to them, and remained dumb. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she hid herself, saying, Thus the Lord has done to me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Now the time came for Elizabeth to be delivered, and she gave birth to a son, and her neighbors and kinsfolk heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have named him Zacharias after his father. But his mother said, Not so, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your kindred is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all marveled, and immediately his mouth was open, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then shall this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, 
For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his manifestation to Israel. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We just found out that um, there's a lot of work we have to do on our house, so we're not going to be able to leave when we thought. That doesn't mean we're going to be here for a long time, just one week longer. So you you haven't seen the last of us, I guess, for at least another week, so God willing, uh, we'll be back here next Sunday uh, for liturgy as well. Today the church celebrates the birth of one who Jesus Christ referred to as the greatest man born among women, John the Baptist. And the church also recognizes several feast days for him throughout the year. And John's birth is somewhat of a miracle, at least when we consider his mother Elizabeth, who was well beyond childbearing years and she conceived in her old age. In his commentary on the four Gospels, Archbishop Averki Tauchev shares the following. He says, St. Luke tells of the appearance of an angel to the priest Zacharias during the service in the temple. The angel announced the birth of his son John, who would become great in the sight of the Lord, and he struck Zacharias dumb for his lack of faith. The priests at that time were divided by David into 24 shifts, groups, or companies. And to this shift belonged Zacharias. His wife Elizabeth also came from a priestly family. And even though both of them were truly righteous, they were childless, which among the Jews was considered God's punishment for sins. And this brought great shame to them. Each group served in the temple twice a year, one week at a time, and the priests divided their duties among each other by the casting of lots. And so it fell to Zacharias to perform the sensing, which is why he entered into the second part of the temple in Jerusalem called the sanctuary, where the incense burning altar stood, and while all the people stood at prayer in their appointed places. He goes on to say that having entered the sanctuary, Zacharias saw an angel and he became deathly afraid. Maybe because Jewish custom had it that the appearance of an angel was a harbinger of an imminent death. The angel calmed him down saying that his prayer had been answered and his wife would give birth to a son who would be great in the sight of the Lord. He says it's difficult to imagine that the righteous Zacharias would have been praying at that moment about God granting him a son since he and his wife were already very old and since that moment was a very solemn one in the temple service. His son would surpass all others with his unusually strict asceticism and would be filled with the special gifts of the Holy Spirit from his very birth. And some would say even 
in the womb of Elizabeth as he prophesied Christ being in the womb of Mary. He would have the responsibility of preparing the Hebrew people for the coming of the Messiah, which he would do through his preaching on repentance and conversion of the sons of Israel. He would be given the power and spirit of the prophet Elijah, whom he would resemble with his fiery zeal, strict asceticism, preaching of repentance, and rebuking of the ungodly. Zacharias could not believe the angel, since he and his wife were too old to hope for a son, and he asked the angel for a sign as proof of his words. And in order to dispel the doubts of Zacharias, the angel revealed his name, saying, I am Gabriel. For his lack of faith, Zacharias was punished with muteness and apparently deafness as well, since others later communicated to him through signs. And using the ritual sensing took place with a very relative short period of time, and the assembly people were wondering at Zacharias' tardiness. But they understood that he had experienced a vision when he began to communicate using only signs. He finally says, It's amazing that the dumb Zacharias did not abandon his shift, but continued to serve until the very end. Most people would have been scared out of their wits and would have abandoned their post, in other words. At his return, his wife Elizabeth did actually conceive, but concealed this fact for five months, fearing that people would not believe her and would ridicule her. She herself rejoiced and thanked God for removing her shame. The conception of John the Baptist is celebrated as a church feast on September 23rd, which is nine months prior to today. In his commentary, Archbishop Averki mentions that John would have the responsibility of preparing the Hebrew people for the coming of the Messiah, which he would do through preaching of repentance and the conversion of the sons of Israel. In other words, John prepared the people to receive Christ through two things, through repentance and conversion. And these two things, repentance and conversion, have been the hallmark and the focus of this church community since its inception. As you will soon read in the July newsletter, newsletter, I make mention of this. The foundations of this church community and the things that lay emphasis to repentance and conversion are three. Worship, the holy mysteries, especially confession and the Eucharist, and the study of Scripture and the Holy Fathers. Those are the things this church has been founded on. That which Father Theodore began and taught for many years is now being carried on through Father Matthew. The emphasis of repentance and conversion of heart is the same, and it will remain unchanging in the church because they are central to our life in Christ. Repentance and conversion are daily, and they're ongoing. Repentance is a choice, and conversion occurs by the grace of God through our repentance and through our love for our Father in Heaven. The heart and mind of a person goes through a conversion when they recognize their own frailty and nothingness before God who exalts the humble and sends the proud away empty. Also, when we acknowledge our mortality and the fact that without God life does not exist, including our own, we will have begun the process of repentance and conversion. This parish has been blessed in so many ways. 
It has produced the fruits of monastics and clergy, and it has produced the fruits of the Holy Spirit in each of you. But don't let this go to your head. You must strive daily to humble yourself as the one that you worship once said, Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Because humility feeds and energizes repentance. Don't settle into contentment. Such a community as this, the devil has his eyes set on and will attack in various and subtle ways to cause you to veer off track, to cause division, create factions, and he will take his good time doing this. It will be imperceptible. I remember the story of a, from the Desert Fathers of a very saintly elder who lived out as a, uh, a hermit. He was very well loved and respected and oftentimes the abbots of monasteries including the monastics would go and visit him for just words of encouragement and words of wisdom and guidance. There were two abbots one day who went to go visit him each from their own respective monastery and as they sat down they began to discuss what was going on in their respective monasteries and so the saintly hermit said Father tell me how things are in your monastery and he says You know, by God's grace, everything is going very, very well. We don't have any dissension. We don't have any arguments. Um, The brothers are up in time to come to the services. They're doing their work well, and we have peace. And so the, the saintly elder turned to the other abbot and said, And how are things going in your monastery? He says, They couldn't be anything more opposite. The brothers are fighting. They're not coming to the services on time. They're not doing their chores. It seems like we have been turned upside down. And the saintly elder said to that abbot, you must be doing something right in your church, in your monastery, because you're being attacked. And he looked to the other one and just kind of gave him that look. Don't be so happy that everything is so peaceful. There's something that's not happening in your monastic community. You may have a little peace and grace right now, but that is the calm before the storm. Because if we are striving in our repentance and in our conversion of heart, there will be opposition. And we have to be ready for that. And we have to know that. So it's not when things are difficult that we need to be concerned. Though this is how we typically think, it's when things are going smoothly that we need to take heed. But don't be worrisome about this. All things that God allows are for our continued growth and our spiritual maturation. As our Lord says, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Through the years and through your commitment to worship, the sacramental life, and to learning, you have borne fruit in this parish through the grace of God, not on your own merits, but through God's help. In order to mature and to bear more fruit, you will be pruned. This is natural and this is necessary, as our Lord says, so rejoice in this and don't be fearful of it. May you all continue to grow in the grace of God, in wisdom, in kindness, and most especially in love. Amen.